1: 22 minutes after 10 o'clock, time for the panel. You yeah, know, in Smith today, my name is Daniel McCarty. Got a couple of fine guns for hire here, and uh, they're fully locked and loaded, ready to roll. i of going to find uh, freelance sports jno's Been around the beat a long time. Jamie Wall. Oh, mate, twice in three days, mate. I'm the luckiest man alive. How are you?
2: Good, thanks, mate. Yeah, good to be talking with you again.
1: Did, you, did your fullback get to the game?
2: He did, he enjoyed the shout out on the radio as well, he was listening to it, um, <laughs> and um, uh, I have to say that was 100, my, my prediction of what he was doing at that time was 100% accurate.
1: That is fantastic, uh, go check out the uh, Saturday session, uh, me uh, social media accounts to find out what Jamie Wall is talking about, that's all I'll say. Sam Ackerman joins us, uh, great to, to speak to you again Sam, do we find you in fine form this Monday with our sporting cup of running over? <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's uh, well. We feel a bit uh, pig and muck with things at the moment, don't we, Daniel? But I'm, I'm I've been uh, making sure I pace myself over the uh, course of the weekend because there's you know only so much <laughs> disappointment a human can take at one at one hit, can't they? So yeah, it's, uh, put it put it put it this way: as a uh, as a long-term league cover, you kind of get you, you kind of start to sense the omens of of a weekend. So I I, um, I definitely batted down the hatches before I strapped myself in.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll have a good chat about the All Blacks after the 10.30 news. Um, Sam, you raised this, and I'm glad you did, because I wanted to get it, uh, get to it at some stage. Uh, huge condolences, I-, I will send to to David Leggett's family and friends. Uh, what a wonderful man he was. Uh, I didn't share the writer's room, being in the commentary box, but I, I shared a lot of time with him, and I just, I just love talking to the bloke. He'll be sadly missed, won't he?
0: A a, a wonderful human being, and I think that you can, um, for anyone out there who aspires to get into sports journalism, I would suggest um, listening to the way that people speak of David Leggett uh, as a really good example of what you want to achieve out of your career. Because David Legger was a, a, an excellent journalist. He, I used to literally um, pull the newspaper out of my old man's hand uh, and run down the hallway, sit down, and rifle through to uh, his columns and his pieces because he's a, 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 a wonderful storyteller. Um, uh, growing up, really admired him. And getting a chance to meet him was uh, and you know, work alongside is within the uh, the confines of the media room was uh, special for me. And I know for a lot for my generation. And the thing about David Leger that made him special is those who spoke to him respected him. Uh, those, yeah, you know, they knew that they were in for a, uh, uh, the dealing with a journo and a good one, but not a, uh, not somebody who was going for the, even back then the clickbaity, the the the, the build up uh, and try to throw someone under a bus journalism. He asked the questions that needed to be asked, and he he could tell um, somebody's story beautifully. But he was also a guy who would uh, welcome people into a media environment. And I can tell you, coming through in the era that I did 20-odd years ago, that wasn't a guarantee. Uh, you often quite had, had to earn um, people's uh, respect. And that's, that's cool. That's what it is. Um, but what, what David Leggett gave was is he gave you that respect and it was yours to lose. He was kind to you straight, straight away when he came in. You know, G'day, champ. Yeah, to everybody. Uh, and he was, uh, was always respectful and warm, and he set a tone uh, for everybody else to follow. So a wonderful journo who influenced a lot of people, uh, but also just a thoroughly decent human being. And to be celebrated for that, it's, it's, it's worth noting that people can go for scoops, exclusives. Uh, it can be a cutthroat industry, but those aren't the people that are remembered in the long-term way, fondly, someone like David Leggett will be.
1: Jeremy, anything you'd like to add on this? We all feel it's a very small community, the New Zealand sports um, sort of media community. It's a tight one, uh, and we feel it, don't we?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It really does feel like um, the, 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 the industry's lost someone special. Uh, and it's just, I think, Sam just summed it up beautifully there, and, and I have to echo his thoughts as someone who, who came into the industry um, you know, virtually <clears throat> you know, untested, and, and to, to have that uh, welcoming presence and to have people around, good people around you who, who believe in you uh, is so, so important um, when you're starting out there. And, uh, you know, while I didn't you know David personally, um, the, the amount of, of love and uh, and respect that's been shown to him in the wake of his passing uh, ha- really has been something. So, like I said, I, I think a really important figure of our industry and our community um, has, has, has been lost and, uh, and he will be remembered.
1: Yeah, rest in peace, Lego. Uh, he won't have to write a match report on another um Blacksticks, uh, penalty shootout loss, which is one um, saving grace. <laughs> he loved his hockey, loved Commonwealth Games, loved Olympic Games. Uh, there's a real golden glow to these games for New Zealand, Sam. Um, before we go to uh, the news, how, how do you sum up the last nine, ten days of competition with all these gold medals rolling in, thanks you know, largely to one man, Mr. Mr. Gaines?
0: Yeah and uh, listen I've loved uh that because listen my, my view is that the um the the Commonwealth Games matter, but they're not important. I don't think there's many things that come out of Commonwealth Games that stick with New Zealand strongly and deeply. And the ones that will be spoken about from these Commonwealth Games will probably be the missed opportunities. We'll hear more about the Silver Ferns, uh, the men's and women's sevens teams having to deal with bronze and was that good enough and what needs to happen from there than we will about the success stories. And that's, you know, whether that's fair or otherwise, I just just kind of how it falls. Aaron Gate has been part of the New Zealand cycling team through all kinds of ups and downs for an extraordinary long time, over a decade at least. And I don't, I, he's always been one of those guys that every now and then it's like, oh, he's jagged a, um, an Olympic bronze. Oh, okay, he's done all races, he's won a, um, a national title. But if you told, told me, to, here's the team on paper of the cycling team, someone's walk, walking away with four gold, hand on heart, I wouldn't have told you Aaron Gay. I just, he, he just seems like he's a contributor. To see him get a chance to star and to create that kind of history for everything he's been involved in, and he, he could have walked away from cycling at please, 31 now, I believe, so he could have walked away at plenty of opportunities, but he's still there, he's still pulling on the fern, he's still prioritising that, and uh, here he is being able to um, taste it, success goals. We Commonwealth Games you can diminish it all you like, but to him this will be a real defining um week or so for him and I'm I'm really stoked to see a guy who has given so much. Uh, get so much back. So Aaron Gate's been wonderful. As far as the other results, look, we love seeing gold. Who doesn't, right? Um, and we're hearing this, you know, the record tally, and it's a congratulations to this team. I want to just go into bat, and this is a little bit nerdy. Um, sorry, uh, guys, but I want to go into bat for the 1990 team because while their, uh, their record gold tally is taken over, there was only 205 golds available at that event. Uh, yes. go, those games. There's 283 available this time, right? So it's not on apples with apples. And this team is nine, uh, nine oh, people Percentage of population, that team. Right?
1: That type of number. So, like you're bringing down the numbers. Percentage so, of population type thing. Brilliant. Thanks yeah, for, well, look, for, for I, I, sending me in I, the right I, I, direction.
0: I'm, I'm just saying, for, for us old buggers, I don't like to see the, uh, the, the, the blade, you know, it's easy to find stats to put the, uh, the moderns as the great. I'm, I'm just saying, 1990 did pretty well with what they had to.
1: Oh, anything you'd like to add on the Comm Games? Thanks, by the way, Sam, uh, sitting me straight. Of course, it was Aaron Gates, Sam Gaze. I just love Sam Gaze. He wins medals and he throws the best birds going around. Uh, that's why I got uh, sidetracked there. But uh, for, for, for you, uh, Jamie, how do you sum up what you've seen in Birmingham?
2: Well, I think that they've definitely hit the KPIs in terms of the amount of success that's been had. And like like Sam said, it's always good to, good to see success. And, and you're right about how the Commonwealth Games are important because they offer a unique way for high performance athletes doing individual sports uh, that have their world championships and their olympic events um, just a, an- another way of getting in the spotlight and adding a, in another uh, kpi for their funding models so that in itself is incredibly important to to some to sports like cycling because you can set a mark and you can say well We've we've hit all our targets for this this little quarter that we're doing and now we can take that experience that's gained in, in, in events like this uh, onto the next level so in that in that regard it's very important um, but I mean yeah it's been like I said it's been it's been very it's very interesting I mean for me I, I have to say I've struggled with the time difference uh, on it um, a little bit like uh, especially when you're trying to cover the all works at the same time because that's just been absolutely nuts in the last um, three weeks but You know, it's known as the feel good games. It's definitely made a lot of people feel good.
1: All right, fellas, you hold there. Our hard guns, Jamie Wall and Sam Ackerman. This week, this is the panel. It's bang on uh, half past ten. It is time to take a short detour. Head to Aroha and our newsroom. Stay with us here on SENZ. The latest in news, and before we get to part two of our panel. Part two, Jamie Wall, Sam Ackerman. Thanks for your patience through the news. Thank you, Adoha. Right, let's uh, rip into. It. I'm just watching the triple jump at the Commonwealth Games. How on earth do they do that? That is mightily impressive. And how on earth, Jamie Wall, was that the most improved slash best performance of the All Blacks in 2022? Uh,
2: uh, yeah, well, hmm. the the sad part about it is that he, there is a bit of truth to what he's saying, and and that that the uh, if you are going to um, look at all of the All Blacks tests uh, across this year, then there, wa- there was actually some improvement um, in that game. So, you know, you can't accuse Foster of lying. Um, you can definitely yeah. accuse him of setting some pretty low standards. Uh, well, in fairness,
1: Jamie, they didn't improve from Test 1 to 2, got worse Test 2 to 3, so any, you know, yeah. the bar was pretty low to get over the, the improved, but yeah. you know, my takeaway yeah. yeah. yeah, is so, if I mean, that, if that think... is your standard then it's going to be a very long year. Isn't it?
2: I, I think that I think that I, I have some sympathy for him trying to say that and trying to put a positive thing because uh, yeah you know having been around him a bit he he's a he, he does like to try and put a positive spin on things but I think right now it's just time for some honesty and just being able to sum up the mood of the public which is this is not good enough and I and I think that saying things like that straight after a, 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 the worst loss to the Springboks since 1928. Uh, is, is is not the sign of a guy that really kind of has the, the awareness of what's really happening back here in, in people's living rooms and, and pubs and rugby clubs, you know, when people are talking about this thing, because of course it's going to get taken in the wrong context of what you're trying to say, and so I, I just it just boggles the mind because I'm like, well, who's advising this guy on what, on what to say? You know, and, 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 and we saw with the press conference situation the other week and, and, and then the the, the media blackout uh, or the radio silence of following that it's like come on you guys like who's who's being paid at that place to to make decisions about how you're communicating things and it just it's just that, that lack of attention to detail which is like well okay well if they're missing tackles on the field if they're giving away penalties if they're starting poorly you know what's happening off the field you know you can't even organize press conference you can't uh, you know say the right things after a game um, you know, is is it just this sort of level of incompetence is is filtered out of the team and into the organisation itself, or has it, or is it pe- perhaps gone the other way? Because that's it, it's become more of more of a story than just about the All Blacks. It's about the governing body itself yeah. and its inability to to manage uh, you know the sport that we that means so much uh, to all of us. And you know, we talked about a, a, this sort of thing on, on Saturday, so I don't want to. Repeat, repeat myself too much, but, but really, like it's it's this, this could be a real watershed moment um, for yeah. for yeah. NZ rugby and the way that they they operate and the division of um, uh, of the All Blacks themselves as a separate entity within the organisation and the power that they they seem to be able to wield because it feels like that really needs to change.
1: How far off the pace on the park, Sam? Were they? What what was the gulf in your eyes between the two sides?
0: Uh, the the Springboks are extraordinarily well drilled, um, and they are players who are very comfortable in what they are doing. They know what is expected of them. Hell, we know what is expected of them. We could sit there, and you know, I'm, I, I I wouldn't call myself a a guru of uh, of the of the forwards, but I could probably sit there and sit down with each player and tell them what I expect their role of them to be in the eyes of the coach, because it's very clear cut, uh, and it's not it's not surprising. They're just damn good at it, Daniel. They're really good. The other mm-hmm. thing I think we need to potentially be prepared to talk about here, maybe this is as good as this current all-black side is. It needs to be discussed. Look, the, co- the coach comes under scrutiny, uh, and certainly uh, the, the, for a guy who... Uh, has taken virtually sole charge of a backline to score uh, one try at the death, which was thanks to one moment of you know, piece of brilliance by Caleb Clark and some great um, some great backing up there. But I'm, this is not a team that is playing on the field in a way that I go. Do you know what they're, they're they're missing? They're missing something. They just need something to gel. I'm watching and going, maybe this is just how they. This is what they're right. They're at right now. This team with the um, tactics are. around them. This is, is as good as they can be, and that's hard to accept because the All Blacks, who are they if they don't dominate the world? Who, who are the All Blacks? That's their personality. Um, you know, we can always talk about the, you know, the World Cup failures in the past, but even during the years in between, they were still the All Blacks and this all-conquering and would occasionally lose a test type of side. So we just might need to think that this team isn't as good as we want them or expect them to be, and that is a hard reality to face. Jamie, agree?
2: Disagree? Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent agree. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll sum it up the, the, the most succinctly that they suck, and they need to be told that they suck, and they need to be told that this is unacceptable. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking that if Foster's coming out here after the game and, and saying things like that about how you know how he's happy about things and how it's an improved performance, that if he's not going in there and absolutely tearing strips off them after the afterwards. Which I don't think he is, then how are they going to get better? You know, how are they gonna know that this this is one of the worst periods in, in all black history? You know, how are they gonna know that that they're letting they're letting the jersey down that they that they love to tell us about when they talk about, you know, legacy and history and everything? That how would how would they how are they gonna know that? And I think that you know, when you see a guy like Sammy Whitelock put in a performance like he did again for the Crusaders in the final against the Blues, which is probably the best game he's played, you know, I, I think this is probably for about four or five years, um, and then he can't replicate that form in an all black jersey uh, a few weeks later. How is, that, how is that happening? Like, how is that possible? Um, how, why are they not starting the games properly? Why is it? Why did it take them 13 minutes to, um, to get their hands on the ball? And that's happened every single game this year. Every they've game. Come out they've, they've, they've come out and just let the other team just do whatever they want to them for the first 10, 15, 20 minutes, and that just happened again. And then the Springboks, they don't need any more of an invitation to do that because they just, they've gone to work, and Sam was 100% right. That they that the Springboks have specialists. They have guys who are there out there to do one specific job each. Marks' job was to just get over the get over the top of the ball and use his gigantic frame to turn the ball over, which is exactly what he does. He is a unit. And isn't I he? feel yes. And I, and I feel I feel like I feel like the All Blacks are missing that that they they haven't been put and and this is why we have, keep having conversations about the midfield. We keep having conversations about the loose forwards, is because we're not developing specialist players that are there to do one specific thing each. And we used to be able to do that, and I'm not really sure why we can't
1: do that right now. Yeah. I, I personally think there's issues at every single position in an all-black side, and that's, that's alarming to me. Let's uh, swip, uh, whip on over to the NRL, the land of the weak gutted dog, uh, Sam Ackerman. Uh, would you like to talk about Ricky Stewart's comments or actually some action on the field?
0: Uh, I'm keen for both. Ricky Stewart is um, the uh, antithesis of, of uh, Ian Foster, what Ian Foster is not is a dominant personality in the All Blacks coaching role, much like uh, the being um, you know, Prime Minister of New Zealand has become somewhat presidential, whereas it's now rather than necessary party politics, it's more personality politics. It's the same thing with head coaching roles for the All Blacks, like it or not, If we, we're going to have to have personalities and strong personalities in that role from here on in. Ricky Stewart is um, is a, certainly a strong personality. Uh, when you've been fined over 120000 dollars in your career for what you say in press conferences you'd think that what you say in press conferences would be something that you go i'm not i 'm not throwing money away like that to come out and have a crack at uh, james salmon like that um, he's he's apologized a minute's it's wrong but it goes back to like when, it, when his his kid was playing with this guy, uh, and there was a drama back when they were twelve year olds, and he, he hasn't let it go. He's honestly one of the angriest men uh, I've ever met. But to, to tell you what, is anyone talking about how um, his team got dominated by the Panthers after they uh, after they you know said they're ready for an ambush? No one's talking about it. It's part of he he sacrifices money, but pressure on himself to take that pressure off the team, and that's the uh, the type of coach he is. It brings success sometimes. He has players who will die for him, and other players who can't stand him because he's a lunatic. And that's he weeds those people out, and he gets the team that that are there, and he achieve he achieve results. So I, I think that, uh, first of all, a. Uh, uh, a gutless thing to do to attack a, somebody um, at that level um in a press conference. It, it was too far. He's gonna get fined again and he's already admitted as much he's in the wrong. But you know, it's you can't I'll take a coach with that level of passion, prepared to back his players to their hilt, uh, but also prepared to tell his players when they're um not stepping up to but um I don't <laughs> we could do without um the blame game. But um as far as the results go, let me put it this way. It's safer to walk around this week in a Warriors jersey than an All-Backs one. So Warriors fans can feel a little bit more comfortable this week because they're not the ones who get to cop the same level of grief. Uh, And it's a very strange world to live in. The the Warriors are under-delivering on a a large scale, but they are, again, a team that the results are showing the team that they have right now, the team that Nathan Brown built is capable of producing these results. That's what it is. There's, there's reinforcements coming next year. There's a new coach with a new ideology. Stacey Jones is a incredible rugby league man and an incredible rugby league brain, but he is not a head coach. He knows that. He doesn't want to be head coach. Uh, so he's not going to turn this team around. He's, he's doing his best to make sure they learn lessons this season. And that's the... the Simple truth of where the Warriors are. They are a good football team who needs to become a really good football team and they're only going to get there by uh, missteps and still trying their
1: guts out. Jamie, we're short on time. Anything you'd like to add on this, especially the Warriors, rather than the kick in the genitals and the weak gutted well, dog?
2: Well, I, I did want to bring up the, the, the... only I've only had the pleasure of um, having one interaction with Rich
1: Stewart and that was after a, uh, a
2: Warriors game uh, at Mount Smart and it was the most... Intense, angriest um, press conference uh, I've ever been in. Um, and, his team yeah. had, and his team had won. His team had won. By had four. won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in hindsight, it was a, it was a, great, a great experience. Um, I really learned a lot. The only, scary, the only other scarier man than whom I've ever been a press conference room was Wayne Bennett. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting that Sam uh, conflated the Warriors with the All Blacks right now. As soon as um, you start hearing stuff like it's our year about the All Blacks,
1: then we've got a real, real problem. <laughs> <laughs> every year. That every year. Oh, bless. So, Jamie, great to chat to you, mate. Uh, you take it easy. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Wes. And, uh, Sam, you too, mate. Head, head back. Get, get on your phone to your contacts at the NRL and please explain to me why the guy who actually kicked the guy in the genitals is only going to get fined 1000 bucks. That doesn't seem right to me.
0: Well, it's so the NRL. If they, had, if they had common sense rules, you'd have to rename it.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point. Fair point. Good to hear your voice, Sam. Take it easy. Cheers, boys. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.